0: Welcome back to System Minus Trivia, the podcast where we travel sometimes. This is Brent. I'm Jonathan.
1: And I'm at Self! Yeehaw!
0: Yeah, Peyton is currently at Self. So, they both are away from their normal recording rigs, so if you notice a difference in quality, that might be why. I also played with some of my mic levels earlier tonight, so if I sound a little bit different, that's also why. We're still working this out. We're not audio engineers. Cut us some slack. Anyways, so we, we only have one topic tonight. It's probably... No, you know what? I'm not going to say it. I'll say it at the end. But I don't want to jinx it. Because j might have already jinxed us. But I'll wait I'll wait to say it until the end.
2: Well, now they already know what you're going to say. <laughs>
0: well, I know, but no, I didn't actually say have no it. no idea. I didn't actually
1: yeah, say it. that's there. right. He didn't that's, actually that's say it, thought. it,
2: Okay, well, also, I'm going to apologize in advance because i probably sound a little bit freaking snotty and nasally right now and that's because i am a little snotty and nasally right now (laughs) because (laughs) i am house sitting for my boss and he's got horses and i'm allergic to horses and hay and horses eat hay thank you jayton that
0: we had no idea (laughs) thank
1: thank you for that rousing rousing tale of bullshit that we didn't really
2: care about oh my goodness great so what's everybody drinking (laughs)
1: Well, hold on. We're we're wow. still
0: we still gotta get into the jive, Jason. We gotta we gotta get amped up yeah, before here. we can talk about
1: what we're. I'm drinking. goddamn
2: fucking jiving. We're juking here. We're juking
1: and juking and
2: jiving. Come on, man. Jason. Yeah, it just sounds like he's saying jina to me.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So Payton's <laughs> Payton's on a network connection that keeps like dropping packets, and since we do this over Mumble, it's UDP, so it's like. So, it's interesting to hear. His re- final recording should be okay, because we record locally, but it's an interesting experience trying to trying to do the episode. I, J-Thun. Well, the
1: funny thing about it yes. is, is actually, is that I will hear you say, like earlier you said, we are network engineers, and what you really said was, we are not network engineers.
0: Or, uh, audio uh, engineers. Audio engineers. Yeah.
1: Yeah, right, right. Audio engineers. And what I heard was, we are like audio engineers I didn't hear the not and I had to deduce
0: that you meant we are not right right so. because we're apologizing for the quality and an audio engineer should should not apologize for their quality of audio
2: well Hayden it's a good thing that you're a fucking good deducer then deducer I don't what think deducer is a word r- Jason. Jesus well Christ, he's me. a good surmiser
1: then <laughs> the surmiser isn't a word <laughs> either Jesus Christ in a handbasket I'm just He gonna has good
0: deduction right skills now, is what I you're am. trying to say
1: He's
2: a good reasoner. Oh my gosh. Oh my god. Oh, it's gonna, gonna be a long night. A
1: suspicious, suspicious, suspicious <laughs> bullshit from last time. <laughs>
0: yeah, suspicious. Oh, uh, yeah. Is that what you suspish, Jathan? That he's a good I surmiser? That <laughs> <Suspish. laughs> is a good suspish surmiser.
1: That I'm a good surmiser.
0: Oh my gosh. Okay, now, I think, are, are we ramped up? Are we yeah. ready
1: to jitterbug this shit? We are. Woo! We are ready to jitterbug. Jitterbug
0: this shit. Okay. Yo, I mean, we're, we're getting plenty of jitter. It's, it's a matter of if we want a jitterbug. Okay. Gosh, and we have it. our episode jitterbug. title.
2: Jitterbug. <laughs> yeah.
0: Don't. Do not. I'm going to get that song stuck in my head. Anyways. <laughs>
1: jitterbug. Jitterbug. Yeah.
0: Yeah. By... Uh, what was that? Wham? <laughs> was that Wham that did that? I don't I think that was Wham. Is it Wham? I'm pretty sure. Jitterbug. Uh, yeah, that one.
1: Did you? Jitterbug.
0: Alright. Jitterbug. Yes. So, now... Now that we're amped up, we're ready to go, So now we can say,
2: what are you drinking?
1: Jaython, you go first.
2: I am about on my fourth beer in the last two hours. What beer? Oh, man. It is, well, this one is Alaskan Summer Kolsch, which I drank a couple episodes ago.
0: Sounds disgusting. Peyton, what are you drinking?
1: Well, I was having some Stella. I like Stella a lot. Mm-hmm. i had some Stella at the bar. I'm drinking a diet of right now. I'm probably going to get some more Stella when we're done recording.
0: Sounds good. I am drinking water and whiskey. Not together, Ooh. because it's not the 60s anymore. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's see. So we've got a short news section Yuck. and then a short discussion, but we're going to k- try and go, rather than go shallow and wide, we're going to go deep and sort of narrow, if that makes sense, <laughs> into the topic. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So help that me if one of you says that's what she said. No one's going to say it? What will you Good. What will you do? I, I don't know. I not <laughs> That's a good so question. That's what she
2: said. You know, I'm gonna switch it up. What? That's what he said. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> Thank you for that, Jason. Gender equality—it's finally here, folks. 2017. Oh goodness. Took, that, took long enough. All right. News. Payton, go.
1: Hey. All right. This is Peyton the News. Okay. So our first story of the news of the of the podcast is that the British Airways has had a complete and total fucking IT meltdown they have quite literally done exactly what we said not to do and completely shit the bed. We have at least three articles here. They're blaming the first one is they're blaming their massive IT failure on outsourcing IT jobs to India. They had to cancel hundreds of flights from London. There is another article in this that the British Airways boss is trying to gag staff over the IT failure. They hit roughly 300,000 passengers after inexperienced staff outsourced to India didn't know how to launch the backup system. This is fucking ridiculous. The next bit of news we have is that a British Airways is also now saying that an electrical engineer disconnected the unelectable power supply. So, hello clusterfuck. This is the, we've got three links for you here. Please enjoy reading those because I got a massive kick out of this. The second bit of news we have here is that there is a Supreme Court case to review whether cops need a warrant to obtain your phone's location. There's a case called Carpenter versus United States. It's the most significant legal dispute at the intersection between technology and the Fourth Amendment since the high court unanimously ruled in 2014 that law forbids authorities from conducting warrantless searches of the contents of smartphones and similar devices. Now, of course, this doesn't matter when you're crossing a border, but we'll get into that later. They're using a case known as Smith versus Maryland from 1979. This is a pretty decent article. I hope that uh, they do come up with us needing a warrant because I don't think they should have access. But that's me. And then the third and last bit of news is that China, China of all people, has uncovered a massive underground network of Apple employees selling customers' personal data. <sighs> I am not going to read the article because it just frustrates me to no end. But there you have it, and that's paid with the news. But up up.
0: Like we said, yeah, it was it was a short one. Yeah. Goodness. Okay. The only... Yeah, I didn't actually mention what the topic was, I think, yet. So, last, Nope, you you didn't. Before we we get to that,
1: can you believe the way British Airways is handling this whole incident? Like, I I just... I'm stunned, actually, right now. That they're like, you know, Oh, no, there's no problem. No, no, our our customers are not being turned away from the airports because we don't know how to, you know, back up a freaking network.
0: Do I not believe it or am i disheartened by it <laughs> they are different I don't know, things man. i mean
1: i mean you tell me you know because i i'm stunned right now i mean this is not how you handle uh an outage of this magnitude you know mm-hmm. and this is also why you do, probably don't outsource your your it to uh country. yeah
0: well i mean that's that's part of why i asked because i'm not surprised by it i'm i'm yeah. disheartened by yeah. it yeah but like i, I kind of expect yeah. that kind of stuff to happen at this point sure So uh, I don't don't know. I mean, maybe I'm just a pessimist or something, but that's that's where I'm at with that.
2: I don't think it's fair to directly just sort of attribute that to outsourcing. Like, I'm not saying that I necessarily agree with outsourcing any American jobs, but there's just, you know, face the facts, right? Like there's always going to be some things that are cheaper to outsource or more efficient for whatever reason. And, you know, whether IT is one of those cases or not, I don't think that's what we're really here to talk about. But I also think that, it just as easily could have happened with you know just about anything. Like, oh, Amazon had a huge outage. That wasn't somebody who was an outsourced worker. Like That was an American worker that fucked up. So I think it's important that we kind of keep that in perspective when we're talking about it. And yeah, like it sucks that the, an, a major airline had this issue and whatever. But I don't think it's fair to jump to the conclusion and immediately blame it on the fact that they're outsourcing their IT. Well, but here's
1: the problem that I have is that I, I think that it absolutely is because they outsourced their IT. IT didn't know how to launch a backup system. Come
2: on. Yeah. But that could just as easily happen with an internal IT staff if they didn't know what the fuck they were doing.
0: Yeah, but so I mean we're looking at two different things. So I I will admit that I do see a lot of incompetent outsourced services because you know, they just go for the lowest the lowest price point, right?
2: Oh, yeah, I don't disagree with that. But And I think if you look at outsourcing as an option, it's probably because you're looking to save money. Sure. In most cases, sure. right? So arguably, that is going to be the case more often than not, I think.
0: In part. A lot of it's also, I would say a lot of it's also tied up in like global economic resource and sort of education available and things like that. And different countries have different focuses on different sort of roles, I guess, you know? So
1: Sure, I can understand where you're coming from.
0: But locally in the U.S., yeah, you see that problem plenty of times, but usually, I mean, maybe this is just me standing on my anti-DevOps soapbox, but I think that really is a result of DevOps culture, where you don't really put a lot of thought into operations because, oh, infrastructure is code, or I guess more accurately, code is infrastructure, which is how DevOps is sort of migrating. So I don't really think that they're apples to apples in this case. You know what I mean?
2: Sure. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, but I, I will say it does happen with both native and outsourced companies. Staff, I should say. So I don't know. It's I definitely think it's something to consider. I will say that the one lesson you can learn is that you shouldn't go for cheapest when operations is concerned, no matter what.
1: Well, I have no issue outsourcing jobs to another country. You know, if you feel like that's the best bang for your buck, that's great. But how much money do you think that British Airways, and I know we're kind of, you know, getting way off of what we're going to do here. But how much money do you think British Airways lost because they went on the cheapest option and now they've lost 300,000 customers? You know, I think there's a cost to benefit analysis that someone didn't do. And I think someone's going to lose their job, you
2: know. Yeah, but I don't think it's going to be that person. Probably not. It, it almost well never and,
1: is.
2: and not even just that I think you're exaggerating a little. I don't think they lost customers they might have lost customers for a time but you know even as many people as say oh I'll never fly United again how many people probably do because it's the cheapest flight at any given time right I think well, they I didn't probably United
1: when I on the wait okay I thought this
2: I, I thought this was British
0: Airways we were talking about it, it is, is but I'm
2: just I'm using it as an example. Oh, okay. But the other thing is like, realistically, I think they still, I think your point is valid in that they probably lost a shit ton of money from the outage, but airlines make so much money anyway. And that's no, not just unique to no, the they States. I they're mean,
0: losing money. They're bleeding. No, they're they not. They absolutely are, J-Thon.
2: Dude, Dude, why is Warren Buffett I, investing huge amounts of fucking DOSH?
1: I just, I just bought tickets to fly down to South and the cheapest tickets I could get for American Airlines. I went kayak. I went to kayak and I looked. And the cheapest tickets I could get were American Airlines, because I didn't want to fly some fly-by-night, you know? And the absolute bone-dog cheapest I could get were Basic Economy, and that was one under-the-seat bag, and, you know, like, no amenities at all whatsoever. And it was still, like, $300, you know? I think they're absolutely bleeding money, like Brent says. Absolutely. You know? And it still wasn't even a full flight. Like, we had 20 seats open still. So, you know, what are you doing? Most flights should be at or near capacity. Right. Yeah,
0: and they're not. I mean, people just aren't flying as
2: much. All right, well, in no. any case, I feel yeah. like we're not really here to discuss airline policies <laughs> and shit. <I> <laughs> That's,
0: that, is that is true. That is true. But, I mean... The- I mean,
2: I like to zoom as much as the next guy, but <laughs> Oh, my gosh, Tathan. <laughs> I'm a fucking zoomer.
1: Well, zoom, zoom, let me say way Wayo.
2: Way-o. <laughs> way-o. <laughs> All
0: right. Before we face copyright infringement, <laughs> let's... <laughs> Oh, I guess that'd be royalties due, not quite copyright infringement,
1: but if they want to charge us royalties for that,
0: <laughs> no, it's okay. Matters. We're still under fair use. We're we're under the right. certain percentage of song. Yeah, no, it's
1: we're it's right, right,
0: so. Are you guys done talking about the news? Are we are we moving on now or yeah? I'm over I'm good, it. Man. I'm fucking You're over, it. over it. I don't okay. care.
1: I'm done. I'm I, under I'm it. Finished. I quit. <laughs>
0: so the discussion tonight was a spin-off up. of last episode S2E8. Briefly, I mentioned something about destroying data and how to do that well let's say you're just trying to get rid of old hard drives or whatever it's a lot more complex than you might think normally you just say oh i just ddif dev zero of disk done not so much that just overwrites with zeros there is there are some tools that can still reconstruct some minor data from that and if you take it to like a real professional place they can really dig into the hardware oh, of man. it and do deep reconstruction. Now, granted, they're not going to have a 100% success rate, and they're not going to be able to get 100% of the data. But they're going to be able to get more than you think. I yes,
1: I did some reading on this. I want to say easily 10 years ago, and they were talking about being able to recover data off of broken de- over over off of broken platter platters mm-hmm. like the platters have been broken into pieces and they were still able to recover data from those pieces yep now i, I mean you know obviously if you missed a bit here or there you're not going to get 100 percent of whatever that data is but they're pulling data off of that so you know
0: they've yeah. been they've been able to do That's it through like burned platters platters that were in mud you know like and of course you know the success rate does vary But it's astounding the kind of abuse these things can go through and and still have data recovered from them. And, you know, we're going to start out just talking with platter drives because that's where most of the the storage is at this point. So all your SAS drives, all your SATA drives, all your SATA platter disks, I guess, and all your IDE disks. Because I don't think I know of a single IDE SSD, but (laughs) they're probably out there. Yeah, so all of these older style disks, the spinning kind, that's what we're going to start with. We'll talk about SSDs in a little bit, and because uh, flash drives, like thumb drives, are going to play into that as well. But right now we're just talking about platter drives. So that being said, you might just, like, del- want to just delete a file. Like, let's say you're not trying to, like, go raise Earth. You still want the OS install. You just want to delete one particular file. The problem is there's two or three different issues there. One is most filing systems are journaling these days. So they will sort of track what changes were made so they can revert them in the case of a power loss or some other catastrophic failure this presents an issue to like really trying to securely delete data because you can still reconstruct that data from that journal there are tools one of them is shred another one is let's see wipe it's just called wipe well and wipe no no that's something different i'll get to the oh you're i'm, I'm going okay. through them man i'm gonna i'm gonna go through them this is strictly to delete a file not a whole file Oh, system okay, okay okay sorry and it's called i thought we were just talking ways to not reconstruct wipe. later no we're, we'll get to that and these do a good job of removing the ability to access that particular file that particular inodes contents and that oddly enough is a little bit easier to do than wiping a whole drive it's certainly faster but it's a little bit easier to do because you just have one or a couple inodes to focus on. The real issue is when you want to totally wipe a drive. And in that case, there was a tool, a lot of systems probably know of it, called D-Wipe. It has since gone commercial. There is a free version available, but it doesn't really work with a lot of the newer drives and the newer hardware and things like that. There is a fork called Nwipe and nwipe basically does the same thing as D wipe but with some additional patches that lets it work with the newer hardware and that's open source that's like the open source fork of D wipe done by a totally different guy but that's fantastic that lets you do like dod spec compatible wipes it lets you overwrite with random data it lets you do overwrites with zero data it can do multiple passes you can combine these sort of things so you can do like one pass of random data, one pass of algorithmically generated data and then a wipe with zero bytes or null bytes I guess. Unless you do all sorts did of fancy stuff. Uh, yes, what?
1: Did you cover D-band?
0: No, I didn't I didn't talk about D-band actually. That's actually what I meant to say. <laughs> uh, I said D-wipe. It should have been D-band. D-wipe is yeah. the actual utility that D-band launches. Yeah. So D-band is the actual live CD that is run and has gone commercial that would use a tool that the guy who created D used called Dwipe. And Dwipe specifically is what was forked into N-Wipe. So there's a lineage there. They are connected. I'm glad you corrected yeah. me on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's it's actually D Ban is the CD itself, the product. Have either of you tried to do any recovery from like a just a
2: reformat? Like just a repartition no, or anything like that? But I really want to fuck around with it just for the experience sake.
1: I have tried D-Band. I did try D-Band a long time ago. It was really, really kind of cool. You could do, like, DOD wipes where it was, like, seven or whatever cycles through. Mm-hmm. It was pretty slick. I was saying it was pretty slick, you know. But, I mean, again, it was, like, ten years ago. So I, I can't really speak to, like, what it does currently. But I, it,
0: I can't imagine It hasn't changed. changed much. <laughs> it's... He hasn't put a lot of work into it. It still looks basically the same. Like, it's a basic N-Curses interface. Yeah. And pretty much the only difference is it supports different hardware. And really, like, it's the same thing. It's just a newer kernel. And, you know, so it's, it's not that impressive, I think. But, yeah, just go with a live CD that has N-Wipe and you're fine. But when you... If you haven't tried this yet, it's really cool. There's a couple tools. One is called Photo Rec. And another one... We have talked about this. Yeah, yeah. I'm just bringing them, bring them back.
2: Do you remember which episode it was? Season 0, I think, but that's all I know. Okay. Maybe Season 1. I'll
0: look for him and, and I'll link you guys to the episode so you can you can listen to that episode yourself, because we go a lot more into detail about sort of this data recovery process. We're trying to do the opposite now. We're trying to make data unrecoverable. So these tools, TestDisk and PhotoRec, they do a fantastic job of recovering data you thought you deleted, <laughs> uh, like even like reformatting, like changing like a mkfs.fmt or mkfs.ext4 or something over another existing partition. Thank you, Jthon. He just linked me to the, the proper episode in IRC. Even like totally reformatting a partition, you can still get most of that data back. And, you know, we also talk, I think, about Scalpel and other things like that. You can do some really crazy stuff with data, just software tools alone. And then, of course, you know, you can have, like, a clean room company go in and do some more advanced reconstruction. But that gets super pricey.
1: Yeah, it's, like, way, way, like, ridiculously expensive to right. do it. But if you have, like, mission-critical information you get, I mean, I guess it's worth well, it. Well,
0: right? hopefully, if you have mission-critical information and you're trying to get rid of it, you don't want those tools to work. Well, yeah. It,
1: yeah, right, in this case, So. Yeah.
0: In order to do that, you need a, and again, remember, we're talking about platter disks here. You need to look at how you can sort of tell the disk to overwrite that sector enough time so that there isn't a magnetic trace. Previously, people would just do one pass of the DDIF dev zero trick. And we'll, you know, we'll put commands in the notes so you know what we're talking about. Previously, people would do one pass of this and say, all right, good, done. Not quite. There is still some methods that work with reconstructing data from that there's some remnant data available granted it's pretty hard to pull but whatever typically your best bet is going to first do a sort of and i believe this is what the short version of the department of defense method does you want to first wipe it with random data which does take a long time because you have to randomly generate the data and then actually write it to the disk so io has a big factor there on how long that takes typically that process takes about two to three hours for say I think it's maybe a 500 gig disc and that's on like, you know, SATA three, six gigab- what gigabytes per second. I think it is SATA three spec. Yeah. Yeah. And then you do a pass of zeros. So that takes a little bit less, maybe, maybe more like two hours for about the same amount of the same specs basically. And then another pass of random data, or you can, you can flip the last two. So you end up with a zeroed out disc, whatever, if you're trying to hide that you're doing this, but
1: you're saying this is the easy DoD wipe? Yes,
0: yes, cause... there are three passes in the easy DoD wipe. There are seven in the full DoD wipe, which takes yes. ages. Yeah, they,
1: they, yeah. Yeah, that takes a, it's a couple days.
0: Uh, no, well, for like a 500 gig disc on SATA 3 with a full six gigabit, six gigabyte like bus, it takes about pff, nine, ten hours, last I remember. I don't do it very often. I just usually stick with a short DoD because I physically destruct my discs, too. So that, that brings us to our next point. Once you've done this wipe, if you're paranoid, like I am, you'll want to find some way of physically destroying those platters. Because remember, they can pull the data from destroyed platters. They can pull the data from non-destroyed platters. So you just want to sort of layer it up. Remember, like, security isn't really a binary thing. So the more destruction you can do to that data and its media, the better. My preferred method is just a couple of rounds of lead. But they do have shredding companies that have giant industrial shredders that can take these disks. But then, you know, the downside of that is you're relying on an external source to dispose of this potentially super sensitive
2: data. Yeah, don't do that without signing something that says that it'll really happen.
0: Well, that, but also, like, you need to... Like, you can sign things all day long. But that, I mean, that doesn't necessarily guarantee firsthand through physical evidence that it actually was done or didn't or wasn't tampered with along the way or what have you you know Mm -hmm. most of them are pretty good they do stick to the word you know some of them even let you come on site and use their shredder or they'll drive it out to you and with like a giant dumpster and you can drop it in yourself there at the workplace whatever that sort of we bring to you service gets kind of pricey as well but i mean it's worth it
1: but if, if you have that many disks that you need to dispose of. Oh,
0: yeah, do it in places. bulk, by all means. Yeah, save, save up yeah. your disks, yeah, keep them in a the safe or something. Uh, and then, you know, at the end of the year or something, just have it come out and just all at once.
1: Well, we don't wait until the end of the
0: year. Well, you probably have like a subscription we... service with a designated company, right? Yes, I
1: believe so, yeah.
0: yeah, and that gets cheaper because you're large enough to sort of pull that off.
1: The amount of disks that we go through.
0: <laughs> right, right, yeah. It's cost effective for you to yeah. do that.
1: Right, exactly. I will tell you, though, that the Gausser thing is freaking badass, dude. And also a little bit scary, too. A bit. Oh, yeah. Just, just a
0: smidge. and would... it
1: spools up and then it goes, thunk, <laughs> you're like, crap, what the hell is that? <laughs>
0: yeah. There's a lot of, like, YouTube videos of these giant industrial shredders, like, just tearing apart hard drives and stuff. Look them up. It's super cool. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, super cool. i
1: those. those. are awesome. And they drop a whole bunch of hard drives in there and they cut to the bottom and it's just little bitty pellets coming out. Oh, man. That's great. That's the best. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's just... It looks like hard drive confetti. It's insane. Or, you know, another option is to degauss them. Instead of doing this long sort of overwriting process, you can just degauss them. They aren't usually usable after that. No, they're definitely not. Well, they usually. shouldn't. Right.
1: I mean, if you're trying to get rid of data, I don't want you to be able to access the disk that they're on anyway. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So and that's the end goal. Like, you oh. want to make that data irrecoverable. Assuming this disk got... Unrecoverable? Irrecoverable. Or unrecoverable. Eh, same word, I guess. I, I'm pretty sure irrecoverable is a word. Unrecoverable. Whatever. Undeletable. <laughs> carry on, carry on, carry on. <laughs> or non-undeletable. Whatever. Y- you get what I'm saying. Holy you get shit. what I'm saying. Calm down, j Calm <laughs> down. Clam, calm down. But also stay ant. High energy. But the... <laughs> Can, wait. Woo! Can we, for the shit show, go through and like get a counter of how many times high- the word high energy has been said? Okay.
1: Through so the season. Or for the season,
0: for, the for season two. Oh
1: my god, it'll be a lot. We should do it. We should. Totally Can do one that. of our listeners do Who that for us? That.
0: If you haven't like <laughs> made it all the way through season two yet, like if you're just listening to us for the first time and you get to season two, just go through and just make a tally mark every time you hear us say "high energy" in season two. And don't
2: be remiss and don't fuck it up, or we're not going to let you listen anymore.
0: I don't think it. I don't think podcasts work like that, Jathan.
2: They will if you degauss them. <laughs> That was a nice segue back on topic. J-thon, have, J-thon. You,
1: have you ever degaussed a hard drive?
2: Have I ever degaussed a hard drive? Yeah. We have a means by which our hard drives get degaussed. <laughs> so
0: no, but he could.
2: I have not personally done it. No. Yeah.
1: This is the Jethan answer. Have I ever done X? Well, there's this thing called a thing, and I do this, and that sort of relates to the X, and then, well, there's Y, and...
2: Well, you didn't specify if you meant did I specifically did it. And also, I'm not trying to tell everybody where I send my fucking 300 or 400 hard drives a year. You don't have to.
0: I mean, he asked you a yes or no question. You're the one that that offered more information than that.
2: All right, then the answer is maybe. (laughs) The answer is maybe?
1: (laughs) Jesus Christ, Jathan, your OPSEC is terrible.
2: I can tell you
0: now, I have not, but... I would love to because from what I understand like you can hear the heads like reset to when the EMP hits right
1: Yeah oh oh dude it's awesome so you put it in the th- you put it in the mm-hmm. and you hit the charge button and it goes it just kind of does a little countdown and then it goes sh- bang like that and it's just really just like you know what the hell and then yeah you can hear everything you said
0: That's cool that sounds really fun
1: It's really nifty it's startling it's Oh
0: yeah I'm sure it's, it's scary as hell it's- the first time you hear it Yeah yeah and if you want to take the easy route, that will—it's very hard to recover data from that, even in like a clean room, deep data dive environment.
1: I don't want to say that it's impossible, but it's
0: much. Yeah, you have a much, much smaller chance of recovering anything from that.
1: I don't think you're going to get everything you're looking for. Like, it's not the same as you know. It's not just like a a DoD wipe.
0: Well, of thing, you know? the the DoD is pretty good. I would trust it. I would trust it even in a clean room environment, but okay. I would not trust a DDIF Dev Zero. I would not trust that. I would not trust a single pass of zero byte or a single pass of null byte or a single pass of random data.
2: How many passes so would you accept? Three.
0: Three varying types is what I would trust. Got it. Yeah. And that, that's probably well, good.
1: But the reason why we're discussing this is because, I mean, have we gone over the fact that when you delete or you format a hard drive, you're not actually deleting the data, you're deleting the mm-hmm. headers. Yep. That yeah. That's, that's
0: a good point. Yep. So. And that's why tools like test disk so well. And even, GNU PartEd, the command line... G- G- no, no, GNU PartEd. Oh. Parted is a, a graphical tool, it's GNOME PartEd. GNU PartEd is a command line utility. It can even sort of scan the disk. It basically does what test disk does, and looks for sort of backup headers, and then it can restore from those headers. I think only GPT does this, I don't think the BIOS headers do this. But GPT headers back themselves up in multiple places on the disk. But what TestDisk does is first it'll try that, and it'll try and back up from one of those missing GPT headers if it's a GPT disk, whatever. And then, if it doesn't find any of those, it'll actually look through the bytes on the disk, the actual blocks, and look for headers that signify starts and ends of partitions. And then sort of try and recreate a partition table from that. So it's very cool. Very, very cool. Yeah, absolutely. Takes a long time. (laughs) Don't get me wrong, like, it it takes maybe an hour to reconstruct a partition table if you totally scrap it, but it saved my ass at least once. But, yeah, so like you said, you know, when you repartition, all you're doing is just wiping out that table. And that's, in Windows world, that's like a low-level partition. In Linux world, we get to separate that sort of, we can low-level partition and high-level partition. Windows is just, from what I understand, does it all at once. That may have changed. I haven't used Windows in a while. Microsoft sysadmins, you know, let me know. But...
1: When's the last
0: time you used Windows? Uh, 10 years ago? 12 years ago? Yeah,
1: I know. You said it last time. I just wanted to hear you
0: say it. Yeah, it's decade-ish. It's been a while.
1: I wish it had been that long for me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I mean, the downside is like, now I can't help people with with problems. Like, my computer how is isn't working. A, I, I don't know how to fix that.
1: How is that a downside? <laughs> yeah, that's a
0: good point. Well, they don't believe me. I don't want to fix. They computers. don't believe me when I yeah. tell them. They're like, you work with computers. I'm like, no, I work with servers. There's a the difference. But yeah, so it's... There, you have some options there, and depending on how sensitive your data is, how much you want to invest into totally destroying that data, that disk, you know, that media. you got a couple different ways with platter disks, because they're so susceptible to damage and to electromagnetic and to overwriting and things like that. It's true. SSDs, ironically enough, are harder to wipe securely. You can't really, they're more likely to retain data, and then the, they're, Not really, so yeah.
1: Even just one chip in an SSD can retain data. Mm -hmm. It's like if you take an SSD and you put it up in a target range and you shoot it five or six times, there's still the possibility of one of those little chips of actually having what they're looking for. So I think your measures are. More
0: there. Yeah, yeah, and you can't degauss them. Degaussing them right. will do nothing. I mean, if you leave it plugged in, you'll probably get a nice EMP wave and I guess fry the circuitry, but the data's still there because it's a cell. It's not stored in a magnetic sense.
1: Right. Well, they will also pull the fried circuitry and put new circuitry on there. They can mm-hmm. even take the. I want to say they can take the chips and put them on a new board, even too. And you've done nothing there at
0: that point. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So SSDs Sorry. are. So Super. (laughs) No, that's all right. You know, knock yourself out. SSDs are definitely a lot more challenging to wipe correctly. You can use the n-wipe and things like that with mixed results. At that point, your hope is to wear out the cells that actually have data to the point where they just die. So it is a lot harder to reconstruct data from a dead cell in solid state. It's easier to re- reconstruct data in a dead hard drive than it is a uh, dead platter drive than it is to deconstruct or reconstruct data in a dead SSD.
1: And now is when I tell you that we have an EMP machine for SSDs at work. For, for what now? For SSDs, we have an EMP machine next to the deconstructor. Right? Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Basically that's what you would need to do you would need to emp them that's
1: i think it it's i haven't had a chance to use it because we don't have ssds in
0: our servers right now,
1: mm. I think, so we haven't actually had a chance to destroy an ssd yet but it's a smaller machine than the gausser and you don't want to be narrow it goes out.
0: <laughs> well i mean you'd probably be okay <laughs> but your phone your watch your
2: <laughs> your laptop do you think it would pull my nipple rings out Yes. I'm no, it wouldn't. It. Do you know what the EM and EMP means? They're not magnetic. Well, what are they made of? Surgical steel. How do you know? Because I bought them that way. Uh, well, I said if what I what about have the to,
0: what about the balls?
2: The balls are, the rings are acrylic. steel. I'll send you a picture of the oh acrylic balls. No,
1: no. If you send me a picture of anything like that, I'm going to delete.
2: you <laughs> Yeah, Jathan, do
0: not send photos, please. Do not. Um, and no, I'm do, not putting it in the notes. Do not.
2: Don't worry, everybody. Do if you're interested, <laughs> you just tweet me or something. No,
0: no, 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 don't don't, tweet him. Don't encourage it.
1: Don't encourage this. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh!
2: You guys are freaking old fuddy duddies. No, oh calm down. Nipple rings. Calm down. down. Um,
0: So the way I see it is, degaussing is more effective on hard drives. EMPs is more effective on SSDs. But the interesting thing is, they're sort of the opposite of each other. Degaussing and EMP, right? Mm, So EMP is like just a blast of electromagnetic waves, and then uh, degauss is sort of a what did I say? Some
1: magnetic. Some magic or some
0: mag. I thought I said magnetic.
1: No,
0: you didn't. I don't know. Let me know what I said. Okay. Yeah, so, but I mean, they're basically like the inverse of each other, right? SSDs, yeah, so SSDs present a sort of really interesting challenge to sort of get beyond that. A lot of the tools for recovery don't work, but also a lot of the tools for destruction of data don't work. I mean, graded with both, Shredder's probably going to be your best bet. Mm. It's pretty challenging to reconstruct meaningful data when it's when it looks like confetti, and the more hard drives you do at once, the better because then it's harder to separate which pieces were from which platter. and, yeah. Otherwise, it's just a bunch of bytes.
1: So what we're, what we're going through, I mean, we've covered this a couple of times, but I, I think that, you know, EMP and then shredding uh, an SSD is probably your best mm-hmm. bet. And I really, absolutely, I really feel like, I mean, like you said, you don't really want to resell your hard drives. So yeah, I mean, I'm down with like a D-band and then, or a DOD wipe and then a D-gauss. And then I think we shred ours actually is what we do.
0: You know, you probably, honestly, if you're degaussing a platter, you really don't need to do the D.O.D. Well, yeah, right, right. I'm just
1: saying.
0: It's sort of there as an alternative to degaussing because not everyone can afford a degausser. They're pretty expensive. I'm sure some nerd out there is going to be like, you can make your own. And I'm like, all right, great. Let's get us the plans and we'll post it on the (laughs) site. But not everyone has the time, money, resources, whatever to do it. I feel like
2: that's something that Kyle would do. Probably. I don't think he listens, though. No, probably We should ask him in the...
1: I could poke Kyle about it. Hey, Kyle, you make a decouster yet? Yeah? Okay, great. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, great. I don't know. I think we'll we'll cut this talk right well, here, because I, I don't I have just anything have, else to talk I just about. Have one this. more thing to
1: talk about. Platter. Yeah. In particular, 10 years ago or so, when I was reading about this, they discussed acid. And one of the questions was, I need to wipe my discs in a hurry. And so they went through mm. and tested all the different types of acids. And surprisingly, like, sulfuric acid was better than hydrochloric. Like, it completely erased the magnetic layer off of the platter. Right. And then I was watching a video the other day, and they were using electricity. So they had a a CDS. I know it's not a platter on a hard drive, but, you know, similar concept. And it used electricity to remove the magnetic layer. So when they finished, you just had a plain see-through disk with no data on it. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, you don't have to use typical methods to... Erase your
0: data, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well the problem with that is the the qual- yeah, I, I think I've seen that. There were two. Both are DEF CON talks, yeah. the ones that I've seen. The first has actually Deviant Olam, which I know we've we've had on the show before, actually. Yeah. He gave sort a talk of. and yeah. uh, I think one or two other people What do you mean, sort of? Yeah. Have you seen the talk too, Well, Jay-thon? We
2: were at hope and we recorded. Yeah,
0: but like he was yeah, he was whatever. Like he, he's been show. on the show though. He we got authorization to release yeah, the recording. Yeah, whatever. Just
2: just keep going. <laughs> okay.
0: All right. Anyways, so you've heard Devian Olam if you're a long-time listener. He's a great guy. He does some fantastic stuff for the InfoSec community. Shit. He and I think one or two other people gave this talk on how to destroy data, presumably like sort of evidence or, I mean, not evidence because that would be illegal. Sensitive data, we'll say, in a hurry, like the fastest possible. And they did try various acids, all sorts of other things. The problem is the acid just would not eat through the enclosure. So you would need to find some way of piping it into the enclosure, into the, the right. casing to get to the platters. So pretty much all the methods they tried were kind of useless in the end, is what they said. And then the second talk came along. I forget his name. He's a, he's a pretty well-known guy in the infosec community, Aussie. And he said, okay, but what if it didn't need to be contained in safely inside you know, a cab, inside a rack mount? What if you could use explosives? So he gave an entire talk on different ways on extreme destruction of media. He drive thermite. I'm not gonna I'm gonna let you watch the video. I'm not gonna tell you on air what happens, but I'll let you watch it and you can watch it for yourself. So I will link to those talks in the show notes and you can watch them yourselves. They're really fantastic talks. But yeah, that would probably be a good route to at least get your brain juices flowing to see if you can cook up something a little bit better. Something I haven't really talked a whole lot about so far is thumb drives. Because they're basically SSDs. They yeah. differ in some ways because it's not quite as reliable as, as, as an SSD and it's not the same circuitry and so on and so forth. Basically, though, the low-level tech is the same. They're much lo- more likely to fail, however. So, really, with those, you're rather than trying to overwrite them or EMP them where it'll probably just pop around like a jumping beam, you're better off with just flat-out destruction as much as possible. Just, like scorch earth that thing.
1: Put, just put it under your boot heel and step on it one time like they do in the shows and then that's good
0: enough. Well, maybe. It might be good enough. <laughs> it might be good enough. It might not. I would not rely on that. I
1: would not rely on it. Either.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you, I mean, you'll definitely crack like the plastic casing but I don't I don't think you'll do a whole I, lot I to the circuitry.
1: I was just making fun of TV shows when they take someone's cell phone and they throw it on the ground and step on it and they're like, okay, it's done. And you're like,
0: yeah, that's, that's not that's really... Still, the data you're not still really
1: doing anything
0: <laughs> yeah, and then obviously you've got other forms of media. We're not really going to go into them too much, like CF cards, which nobody even uses anymore. SD cards, but micro SD, would, mini SD.
1: Yeah, I would say shred them. Just some of those you can, you know, just put through a regular shredder, like they have industrial shredders that mm-hmm. not the not the big ones that they wheel out for like cars and shit, but. Uh, I think there are some shredders you can use that you can actually shred, like a CF card or a CD or whatever.
0: Maybe not a CF, but a CD, yeah, like an optical uh, optical disc. They do definitely make shredders that specifically say they support it. And I would think those can probably handle, like, a mini micro SD card. But the problem is they're so small, you're not going to get a good shred cut against them. Acid would probably be your best bet with those, I would say. Yeah. I agree with that. Just is on the way. I think that sort of brings an end to the topic. Do you guys have anything else to add? Well,
2: I have one question.
0: Yes. Let's no, I'm not going to wipe the discs afford... after you die. Your porn is yours to... Shut the fuck up. ...release upon the world after your death.
2: Well, what? fortunately, in the age of streaming, you don't have to download it. So
0: <laughs> It's still cached.
2: Here's the thing. Um, no, <laughs> <You> let's just... <laughs> suppose that you can't afford to degauss your discs. Yeah. And the discs... Are like, they fail Mm -hmm. in such a way that your system can't really interact with them. What do you do to wipe it?
1: I would suggest, you know, shredding it. Just shred it or degauss it.
2: Well, he can't... I just said, though, you can't afford that.
0: Yeah, he can't afford
2: it. Okay.
0: So probably you can't... You probably can't afford industrial shredding either. (sighs)
1: So...
0: You're... I mean, how paranoid are you?
1: Take out the magnets.
0: How 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 paranoid are you, Jay? Well,
2: it's sort of a hypothetical... But, I mean, let's say it's important data that's on there, and you want to make sure it's gone.
0: Define important data. Are these, like, state-level secrets, or are these, like, my tax returns?
2: Well, I think if you were a state-level person, you could find someone that would be able to help you out. No, I'm, I'm, I'm providing Joe Blow an running a fucking bootlegging totally whiskey hypothetical operation hypothetical out of situation. my backyard. Okay. I've got a list of my customers. Is it illegal? And they don't want to be found out. To be- Yes, it's very illegal. Okay. <laughs> Jesus well, not all bootlegging. It's like, very illegal. And my customers are buying my illegal alcohol. They're not paying taxes on it.
0: Well, that actually like is huge legal. Huge
2: amounts of In my illegal PA, alcohol. At least,
0: that is legal, up to a certain amount of alcohol.
2: No, this is a lot. They bought, like, a lot of so alcohol. So we're asking-
0: talking, like, tankers full worth of alcohol.
2: Number one,
0: you need to get yes. a better hobby. Number two, probably you would want to pry the case open and go the acid route. Yeah, I agree That's what I would go with that. And then, just for shits and giggles, just crack the platters. Some platters, most platters, I think, but these you days also, are aluminum, so they're not gonna crack like glass platters. But yes, what?
2: Well, you also realize it's not that easy to just go out and buy acid, right? Why Depends why what not? acid.
1: Yeah, there's plenty of acid that will that will eat away at the platters and make them unreason- unreadable.
2: And where do you buy this acid?
1: Uh, dude, you could buy acid at any hardware store. They, they thought, they let me it. say. Let
0: they me sell say it this.
1: For
0: you. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, you could mix it out or you could distill it out. Not distill it. What's, what's the word? Where you, through a chemical reaction, you release part of the compound? Leach it? Maybe. Whatever. No, J-Thon should know. No.
2: Jesus H.
0: What's it called, Jathan? Yeah. Do that?
2: I mean, there's a couple. It depends what you're talking about. You would basically just be creating it through a chemical reaction. That's what In well, some yeah, form or another. I mean, there's of you're not of creating ways to make acid. I mean,
0: it, it exists. It's just you're removing it from a compound. Whatever. The point is, there's a lot of stuff on the market where you can do that. And there's a lot of try it, try yourself at home experiments that tell you exactly how to get say sulfuric acid from common household ingredients. But presumably if you're this big of a bootlegger, you're going to have some pretty good contacts, won't you? Yes. I, I don't think say. sourcing acid is going to be high on your list of impossible
1: Joe Blow Home User is the guy yeah, you're be asking about.
2: I don't know about that. I mean, you can get what you're lacking like. is still from the local high school. Bootlegging is a little bit solitary and I don't have a lot of friends, you know.
0: If it's a solitary operation, you're not making enough to get in trouble with the law at this point.
2: Oh yeah, I am. I am.
0: Okay,
1: all right. <laughs> oh my gosh, Jason, I, I hate when you do this. <laughs> you present
0: hypothetical situations that make no sense in the real world,
2: and they serve no purpose.
1: And then you change the fucking game around. Come on, man.
2: I just didn't know if no. there was like a, a recommendation for somebody no. who couldn't acid address the disc anymore. Acid. That's that's okay, my recommendation. Acid. Everybody who's not a dickhead like you guys is going to understand no, where I was coming nobody, from and why I made that up.
1: Nobody understands where you're coming from. The only person understands where you're coming from. It was, I'm whatever, look, I'm it was moving
0: fine on. until you were saying, how are you going to get the acid? Moving along. Oh my gosh. All right, Jay- Thon, you along. want to take care of the fucking baddie?
2: Yeah. I, okay. Can, can okay. This, do, this is I Jason with a baddie. I, I
0: really do. Yeah, hold, uh, sorry. What was that, Jason? right.
2: I said, do, 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 do. this is Jason with a baddie. You suck. He's...
1: <laughs> Your thing the link
2: that we are currently reading from is actually from the computer science career question subreddit mm. and the post is now locked so you can't comment anymore i don't know why that happened Jeez. but in any case
0: probably illegal actions in the middle of well possible, yeah yeah, yes. yeah talk about so, it, talk so about you, it. We'll, we'll discuss so about it. you
2: may have heard about this story already by the time you're hearing it from us But this person posted on Reddit and they said, I quote, this is the title, accidentally destroyed production database on first day of a job and was told to leave. On top of this, I was told by the CTO that they need to get legal involved. How screwed am I? So they go on to basically explain that they were given a document detailing how to set up their local development environment which involves running a small script to create their own personal database instance from some test data. And after running that, they're supposed to copy the database URL password and username output by the command and configure their dev development environment to point to that database. Unfortunately, instead of copying the values output by the tool, they instead, for whatever reason, used the values the document had. Okay, so did they make a mistake? Yes, but let's go on. Unfortunately, apparently those values were actually for the production database. Why they are documented in the dev setup guide, I have no idea. Then, from my understanding, and now I'm reading directly. I switched from third yeah, person to person. Yeah, I can tell. I can person. tell. I'm, can I'm tell. drunk. So, then from my understanding that the tests <laughs> add fake data, blah, 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 blah. So, the moral of the story is this person on their first day at a new job was basically prompted to follow these instructions, and when they did not replace the default values in the documentation with their actual values, the test values or the default values in the documentation were actually production database server credentials of some sort and
0: if you think this so now this person yeah if you think this baddie was for the guy who did that no no i'm getting there
2: you fuckhead (laughs) I hate you. I get one no, part of the show. No, it takes you
0: five it. minutes to say something that can be done Seriously. in three seconds. Seriously,
2: but that's my five minutes. Okay, this okay, is what I'm ready right. for. Everybody. I'm
0: sorry. Do you want me to have uh, editor
1: cut it out? Yes,
2: just come No, on. we're leaving it now. Jesus Everyone Christ. needs to know how abused I am. Oh. Okay, oh so, God. so yes, as as Brunt points out, um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Man. So did the person make a mistake? Yes. However, the baddie here does not go to that person because, one, it was their first day. Mm-hmm. Two, they were given instructions that contained actual values to a production database that they were able, as a first-day person on their job, to wipe out this database, supposedly. So, this baddie is actually going to the company, and I don't think we know yet what company this actually is, do we? No.
0: Uh, probably not, and if they did say it, it's probably removed because of the yeah. possible yeah. legal action angle.
1: Now, I want to talk about this for a second because when i first read this the guy was like terrified oh yeah and the subreddit itself was a huge outpouring of dude it's okay mm-hmm. you made a mistake i think there's even a job offer for him from somebody else
0: i think i saw that yeah
1: you know but like everyone was like look it's not a big deal you don't you didn't really make a mistake you know i mean yes you did but it's not your fault that you overwrote the production database with credentials that should not have been given to you in the Mm -hmm. first place. Like, what the fuck kind of document? And the only thing I could think of is that someone wrote a document to gain access to the production environment and then used that to set up a dev test environment and didn't change the password, using the passwords. And it counted on the person who is already probably inundated with first day paperwork and W-4s and 1090, 1090s and, you know, HR introductions. You mean W-2s and, and 1099s? Like, whatever, dude. <laughs> so I'm talking W okay. okay? Okay. And he's got to talk to HR, and he's got to fill out his, medica- his, uh, his uh, medical insurance paperwork, and he's got to, you mm. know, blah, 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 this and that, and he's, he's been all over the place, and now he gets to sit down, and he gets to create his dev environment, and he's typing away, and he's, he's in a hurry, kind of, and... Oh crap, what ah uh, you know, like what the fuck, man? Like why would you give someone first day Production access credentials. Why that's, would you give
0: any developer production credentials? That's my question.
1: That's not, uh, yeah. I mean,
0: that's, that's the bigger no, question I have. Why is, it, right why is it Why is documented in a place the development team can access?
2: Why is it documented, period? Who fucking keeps a password in plain text?
0: I'm right. You would use theoretically a password store, yeah, but why is it in plain text in documentation is, is also a good question.
2: Yeah, that's like me giving you instructions. Some
0: places do require plain text lists for like the CEO and stuff and like emergency See handover, but I mean that's shit number one. If you do, yeah, but not that model, handing that out. Should be kept in the safe. Yeah. yeah, yeah, not handed out to the development team or anybody.
1: Yeah, so like I said, uh, I agree. Maddie uh, uh, goes to the the company, not the employee here. Absolutely. See that he's getting back on his feet. You know, I was overwhelmed by how nice people were to him, mm-hmm. even after making a mistake. Because I mean, you know, mistakes happen, especially your first day. You know, the first six months. Mm-hmm. you know shit shit happens dude you
0: know well I've, i mean, scientifically it takes about three weeks to three months for you to actually acclimate into a job officially yeah. from there on you don't you're not going to see a whole lot of difference other than like unless you're pushing yourself for a new role or a new position or whatever. you yeah right but yeah that's not one day <laughs> that's far from one day but again why are those credentials there right
1: right 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 i mean we could sit here and talk all day long about what he did and you know, what you're, what you're, what's expected of you in your first day, but in reality, mm. like, he never should have been put in that position at all. Like, Honestly,
0: ever. I expect, when I onboard a, a junior, I expect them to fuck up the first day. If they don't, I'm a little bit worried, you know? Because it's a totally foreign system.
2: Well, yeah, like, when I hired my student employee, the first thing I did was just made a VM running CentOS 7 that was like, mm-hmm. if anything happens to this, literally nothing matters.
1: Yeah, It's just exactly. an
2: empty fucking blank slate. And, yep. you know... For me personally, like, that did happen, and I acted like, you know, it was somewhat severe, like, oh, man, we're gonna have to fix that now. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's sort of to impart the idea that, yes, when you make a mistake, there are consequences, but obviously you don't put them straight on a production yeah. machine.
1: That's just fucking nuts, dude. It really is.
2: And, like we've said on the show, I it may have been last episode, or S2E7 even,
0: when you make a mistake, even if it's a big one, you don't make that mistake again, because if, like... If you do, you shouldn't be working there. But I mean, if you don't, you learn something and you will never make it in production if you make it in testing.
2: Yeah. It's not like this guy tried to freaking, you know, pawn it off like he didn't do it. I mean, Mm -hmm. he literally was following some poorly written instructions and yeah, he didn't follow them to a T, but he admitted that. Yeah. Again, in this situation, there's literally no opportunity for that learning experience. Right. right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because of how it was set up. (laughs) So, it's so ridiculous. if we ever find out what company this is, we'll put it in the show notes. And if you work for this company and you know that we're talking about you, kindly fuck off.
0: Whoa! <laughs> Just because they work at the company right. doesn't mean they're responsible for the guy getting fired.
2: Sure, but why would they still work there?
1: Because they need a job, dude.
0: Yeah, it's not that easy. Right.
1: Some Sometimes people work at places and they don't really need to, but they have to because, hey, they got kids, man
0: yeah
2: okay well i'm assuming if they're listening they're probably somebody who could have done something about this
1: not necessarily well Uh, you know whatever i don't think so
2: the operations team which is probably
0: our most likely audience doesn't not necessarily always write documentation for development team and vice versa
2: okay fine then i apologize for my (laughs) previous statement
0: stop being
1: so Uh, reactionary such such a reactionary Jesus. (laughs) (sighs) Jesus. <laughs> <sighs>
0: Whatever. Let's what Jason meant to say, man. what he meant to say was, if you were the person, we love you. persons responsible for this individual getting fired, you can fuck right off.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I think it was the CTO. Was it the CTO? Is
0: like it, it from the story. It sounded like it. What? I don't well, know if he. It makes me wonder. Well, like, the he CTO had maybe. Going on, well, know? yeah, and and that's a theory. Like the, there's something shady going on, and the CTO is just trying to cover his tracks or what have you. I'm not interested in that because it doesn't really have any real foundation of truth at this point. Right. But if you were the one that made the decision, that had the decision making power that got this guy fired, that's your sh- that's a shitty decision. But if you work there, we would love to know what the company name is. We can keep you totally anonymous and just put down the name of the company, but we would love to know
2: it. Oh boy. we sound like WikiLeaks now. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here, folks.
1: You heard it here fast <laughs> on the news. Uh, yeah,
2: we're definitely not WikiLeaks. So somebody's break the news first.
1: Breaking the news fast for you on this day in 1945.
2: Oh, gosh! All right, I got a pee, so let's just up. I don't wrap think anybody at WikiLeaks talks like that.
1: That's
0: <laughs> just my stereotypical that's like, how news Julian Anderson Assange sounds from, like, actually. Early radio, what he That's how with- Julian
2: Assange sounds, <laughs> that's just like that. Not
0: how he sounds like. He does not have <laughs> like a, a mid-Atlantic accent. From the night. I heard it. Endeavors. I heard it.
2: I actually heard it here first. That he sounds <laughs> like that.
1: Yeah, because you just said it. All right, I'm done. <laughs> I quit. I'm finished.
0: <laughs> oh gosh, that has been System via I'm Brent. I'm Jonathan.
1: And I'm itself. Yeehaw! High energy. Woo!
0: See you around.